For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live.
as we come more into touch with our own ancient non-European consciousness of living as a situation to be experienced and interacted with, we learn more and more to cherish our feelings and to respect those hidden sources of our power from where true knowledge and therefore lasting action comes. I speak here of poetry as a revelatory distillation of experience, not the sterile wordplay that too often the white fathers distorted the word poetry to mean. In order to cover a desperate wish for imagination without insight, for women and men, then poetry is not a luxury. It is a vital necessity of our existence. It forms the quality of the light within which we predicate our hopes and dreams toward survival and change, first made into language, then into idea, then into more tangible action. Poetry is the way we help give name to the nameless so it can be thought. The farthest horizon of our hopes and fears are cobbled by our poems, carved from the rock experience of our daily lives. As they become known to and accepted by us, our feelings and the honest exploration of them become sanctuaries and spawning grounds for the most radical and daring of ideas. They become a safe house for the difference so necessary to change and the conceptualization of any meaningful action. Right now, I could name at least 10 ideas I would have found intolerable or incomprehensible and frightening, except as they came after dreams and poems, this is not idle fantasy, but a disciplined attention to the true meaning of it feels right. To me. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and to transpose them into a language so they can be shared. And where the language does not yet exist, it is our poetry which helps us to fashion it. Poetry is not only dreams and vision, it is the skeleton architect of our lives. It lays the foundation for a future of change, a bridge across our fears of what has never been before. Poetry is an absolute necessity of our living because it delineates. It's the beginning of that process by which we ensure the future because we know so much more than we understand. We must first examine our feelings for questions because all the rest has been programmed. We have been taught how to understand and in terms that will ensure not creativity but the status quo. If we're not looking for something which is new and something which is vital, we must look first into the chaos within ourselves. That will help us in the direction that we need to go. That is why our poetry is so essential. It's so vital. Now where the poetry has the responsibility to affect social change, it doesn't really matter. As we get in touch with the things that we feel are intolerable in our lives. They become more and more intolerable. 
if we just once dealt with how much we hate most of what we do, there would be no holding us back from changing it. This is true with any kind of movement. I see protest as a genuine means of encouraging someone to feel the inconsistencies, the horror of the lives we are living. Social protest is saying that we do not have to live this way. If we feel deeply and we encourage ourselves and others to feel deeply, we will find the germs of our answers to bring about change. Because once we recognize what it is we are feeling, once we recognize we can feel deeply and love deeply, can, we can feel joy. Then we will demand that all parts of our lives produce that kind of joy. And when they do not, we will ask, why don't they? And it's the asking that will lead us inevitably toward change. Welcome, everybody, to the DSR 71.3 Fire Inc. Network featuring full-purpose pens. If you want to get on the mic or you want to talk to the guest or myself or the CEO, the number is 724-444-7444. The call ID is 136054. Welcome, everybody, to the DSR Show in All right. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. How everybody doing tonight? I hope y'all weekend is going smooth. I'm sending out love and praises and prayer to each and every one of you. So let's get this thing on and popping. We got first man on the mic. We got brother O one nine seven five. Brother, oh baby, 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 what's going on? I'm good, Mister Martin. How you doing? Man, you know what? Anytime, anytime that I'm in the building, you know I got to be feeling good. You know that. I love my people, so you know what I'm saying? I come out to support them as they come out and support me. You know what I'm saying? It's all love up in here. You know what I'm saying? So you you on the mic, so take your socks off and do what you do. Uh, this poem is called, Ain't Nothing Wrong With Being Yourself. My dear brothers and sisters, why would you even try to aspire to live your life as someone else when you can be very comfortable just being yourself? See, God made you in his perfect image and created you as unique brothers and sisters. He designed a specific chapter on his ordained steps specifically for you to follow so you can fulfill your purpose here on earth. It's a very difficult task to live as a carbon copy of someone else because you are not designed in that fashion. You really don't know what your brother and sister go through there to be who he or she is. Trying to live your life for someone else is the equivalent of trying to change your personality from one machine to another or alter your physical appearance to meet that standard. You are only cheating yourself. So, my dear brothers and sisters, people will generally love and respect you more often once you realize that you have to play the game of life for the uniform that God issued to you. 
and learn how to accept yourself for who you really are. You won't go very far in life and change to be someone else. You've got to create your own identity and fit your own standards. This year should be your year to be the best you possible. Let your unique light shine before men and women. Don't apologize for being yourself with any compromises. Follow the path that God has set before you to fulfill your unique purpose. Allow no one to attempt to change who you are and create your own lane of highway to make your own unique impact in this world. Because there ain't, ain't nothing wrong with being yourself. That's that piece. Ooh, wait. There you go. Now, tell the, tell the listening audience what inspired you to write that. Phenomenal, Inc. Oh, Mr. Watson, I, I just, I just sat down one night and, you know, all the, all of the accomplishments I've achieved so far, and uh, performing poetry, writing poetry over the past seven years, is because I've just learned how to be the best brother, old possible. I don't, I don't. Try to imitate other poets because, I mean, we all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. Indeed. And so, and so this poem encouraged to encourage newcomers that are coming up to create their own ideas. Just be yourself. People were people would people would you would draw people to you more often. Just be yourself. No. Don't try to be like someone else just because you admire somebody who has more lyrical abilities and uh, who can put words together, who can freestyle. You have to find a style that fits, fits you. Absolutely. No, no, nobody changes because, okay. because you, your poetry is a reflection of you and mm-hmm. whether you decide it, whether you a good projection, whether you memorize it, whether you present it, present it like uh, whether you teach it, whether you preach it, let's be you. Indeed, indeed, indeed. All right, all right, down. All right, brother O. All right. I'm going to sit you uh, back down on the couch and... Uh, we're going to bring in the next caller until my guest gets here. I'm waiting on him. So as soon as he gets here, we will go right into his interview. But in the meantime, we're going to send you back to the couch for a minute, and we're going to bring in Lady New York. Okay. Thank you, All right. Boston. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. No problem. All right. Lady New York, you are now in the DSR building with Full Purpose Pins and Mr. Boston. How are you doing, Miss Giggles? I'm okay. How are you? Oh, you don't sound too well. What's really going on with you? Nothing much. Just Nothing much. You all quiet over there, sitting all over there in the corner. It's been, a, it's been an actual minute since I spoke to you. You don't... Uh, I've been meaning to get around to you to see how you was doing, 
but you know, school has me busy, and then my shows, and then homework, and work, and everything else. So you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna oh, get around. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna get around to you, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely gonna get around to you. So what you got for us tonight? Um, I was just listening in. I you were just listening in. Okay. At least for now. Okay. Okay. The okay. Well, I'm up doing their homework at the moment, so. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. that's super fine. That's super fine. Okay. Well, we're gonna sit you back on the couch in the meantime, and uh, we'll get back to you. All right. Sounds All good. Right. All right. All right. We're gonna sit you on the couch. We're gonna bring in Nashawn. Nashawn is in the building. Nashawn. Nashawn, are you in the building? Hey, what's going on, bro? Let me just take a piece, chicken out the frying pan, throw another piece in, and I'll spit a piece for you, okay? Okay, well, then I'll second. come back. Okay, wait, well, I'll come back to you. How about that? That's fine. Okay, then we're going to go to Central Colorado. Central Colorado, are you in the building? Central Colorado, are you in the building? Central Colorado? <clears throat> Hi. Central Colorado. Hey, I see you. How you doing? Don't be I'm shy. Sorry. Don't I be shy. shy. I have a shy side. <laughs> <laughs> you got a I'm piece just... of poetry? You got a piece of poetry you want to do? No. No. I no. I am. I am. I am learning from. I am. I am learning from you guys. I'm a. I actually sing. Oh, but you, I well, you want to sing? Do you want to sing? What? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. If you don't sing, well, then I'm I'm going to spit a piece of poetry off the top of my head to you. Yeah, you go you go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't have that. I have. I do not have those writing skills. Oh. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Don't never say you don't have them because, yes, you do. They were okay. in you. You just no, haven't dug deep enough to get them yet. How about that? Okay, I'll receive that. All right. All right. Then let me, let me, let me, let me do something for you there to make you feel at home on my show. Okay? <laughs> okay. Hmm. The Council of Love speaks of opening her heaven's glow. Could you allow him to make love to your spirit without being, without feeling guilt? When I tell you I don't want your flesh, if you hear a song that makes you cry and you don't want to cry anymore, you don't listen. But those things tend to evaporate when what people tell you is what you want to hear. I want to become involved emotionally, but... Put your mighty castle wall to the test and drink from the might of your spiritual goblet. But dare me to, to the satisfying sound that spiritual lovemaking produces can't be imitated. The purity can be received with the spiritual ear. The chords of his love resonates in the empty caves of our heart while he gradually builds his love solid within them. Her soul waits to be caressed and adored with the offerings of his heart, of his spirit, that he touched her spirit. Let him touch yours. Exchange, sensually mutual, where spirit initiates the courtship. Her spirit would yield to the combinations of a spiritual rumble, 
what a spiritual erotic dance those components would make as they praise inhibition set free. But whatever I am, I know the slipperiness isn't all of it. I know now that a studied evasiveness has its own limitations, its own ways of inhibiting certain forms of happiness and pleasure. The pleasure of abiding, the pleasure of insistence, persistence, the pleasure of obligation, the pleasure of dependency, the pleasure of ordinary devotion. Never a chance of a fall. Remember, we are spiritually controlled. Yes, you have what you say. Her springs upon her command burst forth, streaming as snow melting on a ski trail in spring. Honey, coating her valley of joy to his delight, she says, touch me with your spirit first. Touch me with your full presence of the spirit of this man of spiritual flesh without question. She feels him when he touches her from his spirit positioned in her eyes and ears, fine-tuned for the vibrations of her movements. Spirit render her teachable. To accomplish loving her spiritual flesh is not equipped to bring her into weakness. Flesh from practice greed, no no other spirit will complete her assigned task. He or she, without reservation, she has always felt him. She's loving his desired presence as he studies her flesh. He will master her in time. Wooed. Blown away by her, by the content of her spirit revealed, wanting to be on her knees and elbows until she is dropped with the well-proven spirit of a man. If I could... If he could be of a future lover, how strong your spirit still be? Would you still be down on your knees as if you were a secret host that deserves his praise? See, secret lover, I told you your secret not. You are only human, susceptible to a human spirit. And I put you to the test, lover. You were tested to test. You may have forgotten this while you were assessing you were being accessed, susceptible to a man's talk by spirit. The Holy Spirit is where a real woman can feel safe and secure. Forever make love to my spirit before touching my flesh. Future lover in peace. That was my piece to Miss Althea. Welcome home. Awesome. <laughs> Welcome home. You are now officially in the DSR Fire Eat Network, 71.3, featuring four-purpose pins built in. All right. Welcome. All right. All right. We're going to set Miss Althea back on the couch. Thank you. Bring, you're so welcome. You We're going to bring in. Huh, say that again. You guys have spectacular gifts. <laughs> All right, thank you. And I heard they heard they heard you. They definitely heard you. What we're gonna do now is we're gonna bring in Northwest Ohio. Northwest Ohio. You hey, there, <laughs> How are you? How I'm are doing. you? <laughs> uh, you doing okay? 
I'm doing very well. How are you? Okay, you buckled in because I, I know you don't have a piece. I know you just came to hear me spit a piece for you as you do weekly, biweekly. So, and I know you don't have a piece. So, no. what do you what do you want to hear? Is the question? Um, something erotic. Take me there. <laughs> oh my God! Ooh, we something erotic. Okay. Okay. Hmm, Mr. Boston is critical and smooth. This is what he does. Making pathways and trails of orgasmic interludes of manifestation made relevant to her specified brain particles. He stirred her serotonin, played havoc on her sexual sensory motor, snapping her defensive wall, psychologically molding her fantasy, leaving a trail of pure fire behind it. He captured her womanly motor that drives her simply wild. He drove her with his epiphanies that captured and drugs her into interlude compliance. He sucked her fingers, slid down to her navel and licked her pearl thumb, slowly stimulating her intellectual sense of humanity that key to open her west facility, moving her into the realm of irrationality, displacing concepts. She was on face and tongue, counter naked in no time. Slow and fast speeds or rounds of hungry lust lapping the fillings of her squirting milky cream. He made her cream content brazing over her ovaries and smooth in and out tonguings of deep soul complex things, making her mind wander in a hypothesis of insanity. Affecting her wet space and multiple contractions, he pushed and stabbed her contracting walls only to pull out and lick her swollen, hard nipples with intention. With aspects of his tongue, cordial activity out of association was stimulating possessive. She begged to be sucked and licked harder. All her desires, she said, slower, harder on her intricately organized heart components. Her side was, is, was, is he capable of making her have another squirting experience with the tip of his integrated inputs with the tongue of his innate drivers deep inside her vagina and bring her to a higher level of body cavity stimulation on the verge of an out-of-body experience? As he chased her mind in a sexual, intellectual, stimulated pursuit above her threshold of sexual stimulation, with vaginal contractions and eight-second intervals, he went in deeper into an extensive exploration to equate sensual sexual behavior to touch her pelvic floor. He instilled the excitement of her womanhood, turning her over on her stomach. His tongue disappeared in her shiny crack. Then he worked it like an insistent piston. He rubbed her juices along the crack and pushed his one wet finger into her asshole. He was like some primitive beast plundering and pumping into her ass. She turned her head to look at him with glazed eyes. She moaned, yes, encouragingly. Hundreds of tiny little pulses tore through her. Liquid heat fluttered down into her. She breathed, rizzling uncontrollably. She sobbed and convulsed as the sweetest agony she had ever known took position of her body. She climaxed with a feral growl blindingly clutching at everything within reach to study her thrashing body. 
Before she could even catch her breath, she was bucking and gyrating mindlessly as wave after wave of pleasure and pain crested through her. She came again and again. Her sobbing plea was a desperate scream as she climaxed at the sudden motion. It wasn't enough. She could feel the storm inside of her building again. She was reduced to a mewing mass of limbs and sweat. She couldn't tell how many times she climaxed. She lost count. Her cum mingled with his tongue. When, she, when he finished, she sighed. Your finger and tongue game is as volatile as jet fuel, making her release into the threshold of sexual stimulation. In peace. Hello? Are Hello? You weekly and uh and uh so I just had to you know you know you know had to do you yeah yeah it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) so how you feel tonight Miss Lady I'm doing well very well even better now, so. <laughs> mm, you feel it even better now. Uh, how how do you actually feel? <laughs> well, how do you actually good. feel? <laughs> I feel you good. Feel, you feel good. Now, when you say yeah. good, when you say good, what do you mean by good? Because I can take that as a double diamond. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, talk to me. Tell me what's going on with you. How you feel? Do you? I mean, I I, I want to know if if I need to hear the shower running or what, or do I need to light some more candles or bring you another bottle of of uh, uh, Moet or what? <laughs> okay, don't get shy on me. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Don't get shy on me. All right. We're gonna sit you back down on the couch and uh. And uh, my, I see my guest is here, West Tennessee. West Tennessee is in the building, y'all. The guest is here, so we're gonna we're gonna get this going on. So we're gonna set you back down to the to the couch there and uh, enjoy enjoy the moet that's at your table. Okay, thank you. All right, all right, all right. West Tennessee, you are now in the DSR building. Kane, West Tennessee is Urban Voodoo. Urban Voodoo, you are in the building, baby. So now they're mocking me. Beset against my fortune, resorting to the vilest gold duggeries, furious about my grandeur. So I throw fits, I admit I enjoy the attention. My condition is often inebriated. I know they hated the honesty that I have produced. In any way, has my presence reduced the allure that you have come to enjoy? It's true. I deployed the most subtle weapons, more arsenal like the tiny particles placed securely between the heavens and the earth. I, I, with all my masculinity, give birth to atoms, electrons, neutrons, and protons, not to mention the invisible gases when considering the formulas I conjure. There is no doubt 
that I'm a master craftsman, a motherfucking monster. When it comes to this wordplay, let us survey, because surely there is none other that can match me. The latchkey kid that did the most coolest things, tis my confessional. That's why I say the realest things, things that bring mountains to molehills, things that collapse skyscrapers to dust. This is my ground zero. Like a superhero, I wield these words like an amantium, slicing through irrelevant hyperboles, cutting paragraphs into pictures like surgery. I guess you haven't heard of me, because apparently the transparency of the verbiage I spill eludes you. My lines have set flame to typewriters, notepads, and PDFs. I write till I get calluses. Now say I ain't hot to death. Then guard yourself against the onslaught of thoughts caught somewhere between hell and Hades. Jail and institutions. I bring solutions fully loaded like pistol cartridges. You can call me Quick Draw, alias Voodoo. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Urban Voodoo. The name in itself sparks so many ideas in the minds of folks. Though his poetry has set the record straight, Urban Voodoo is the combination of two distinct ideas. Urban in the terms of inner city, which bred his style and magic with the sounds designed to create city magic. He is affectionately called Herb by his friends. He is original from New Orleans, home of the spicy Creole culture that has permeated the urban sound for decades. Herb is a, merely a branch of that same tree. He writes concrete. There is no imaginary man holding the microphone. He was raised in two distinct localities with the cultural norms as different as Denmark and Hamburg, even though the two cities are both European. Urban Voodoo is the man who has established himself on the natural poetry scene, not only as a prolific artist, but also as a host, a radio personality, and an activist. Call it gumbo. His flow is a combination of street knowledge and erudition in the tradition of the urban garriott. He has performed at many local and distant venues. Urban Butyl is the awakening angel, an awakening constant. And what y'all, what y'all being heard, that Creole culture that permeates that performance, that spicy truth that burns in gestation, his distinct vibe can be felt due to him being raised in the inner city where he shows the urban nature. <laughs> Before coming an activist, urban, Urban's life has been full of interesting and horrible experiences. He grew up tough. The first time he had ever encountered death was at the age of 14. His best friend, Alex Moreno, was murdered at a party during an eighth-grade year. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to God's given gift to the poetry world, the spoken word artist himself. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Urban Budo. Live and direct. <laughs> What's going on, family? <laughs> oh, everything is everything. Man, you, know you made doing, it, man. man. You made yes, it. Sir. Yes, sir. I had to sneak uh -huh. away, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man, but you forgot to mention Inglewood, man. Man, but you know, but you know, all that all of it's posted, so they want to go read about you. It's all posted, and so they can read about you. I definitely uh, 
plug you in with some people, you know, that's going to read you, probably going to be in contact with you. But you know, it is what it is. Let me ask. Let me. Let me, let me I, I know you don't. I know you don't have a whole lot of time, so we gonna get this interview under under the belt. And yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. What was an early experience where you learned the language that had, learned that language had power? Wow, that is a great question, man. You know what? I was in prison. Same uh, way with me. Know, yes, sir. Same way with me. But 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 before the seed had been planted, my father's a poet, and okay. I remember as a child, my father used to use these words. You know, some of them would be small, really insignificant words like like uh, incidentally, but I wouldn't know what incidentally meant, so I'd be like, what's that? And my dad would be like, look it up. You know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. as a hard-headed kid, I wouldn't necessarily look it up, but then when I was forced to sit down and think, I began to look up those words that he always said and those things that he always told me, and uh, eventually it made me begin to read because I was a dropout, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I was gangbanging, man. So, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? My my idea of going to school was like going to jail. I didn't care about mm-hmm. going to school. And mm-hmm. uh, so I didn't go to school as, a, you know, I was just down there all of my high school years. But uh, when I was forced to sit down, when God, you know what I'm saying, put my, put my mission before me and laid mm-hmm. it out for me to see, I had to sit down and think. And uh, I began to read. And through that reading, I learned words and idioms and, you know, I learned dictation and dictum. And I learned how to use words to get my point across mm-hmm. rather than using aggression. Because there are words that you can use that are just as aggressive as a fist being thrown at you. I'd rather right. throw a verb. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look here. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm. Literary activism to me is. Uh, like opportunity, uh, looks like attention, like curiosity, like inquiry, looks like um, supportive sharing of eyes, ears, hands, and mind, heart, and tools. It looks like being uh, willing to be wrong, to be outdated, to be educated, to learn something new from someone different and strange. there are so many important voices who never get a chance to find their greatness and they're shut down as they are by the insistence upon a dominant aesthetic, even when we all know that uh, uh, mimic cry can be deadly. What good is a raven singing a robin song when it breaks her beautiful raven voice to do it? Is that what we really mean when we want to teach? Is it what we really want, need to read. There's, there is so much greatness that many of us never get to see. So the question I have for you is, what is literary activism meaning to you? Uh, well, for me, uh, activism comes from the word activate. Mm-hmm. So literary activism is to make your words and deeds coincide, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. uh, when I first started really, like, moving into the community work, you know, I was a brand-new father. Mm-hmm. And I was a brand-new father who was going through obstacles just trying to deal with my kids. So one of the mm-hmm. first things I did, I got involved with an organization in Long Beach called Roll of mm-hmm. Men Academy. And mm-hmm. our mission was to educate young fathers 
to help young fathers navigate through the system to find out how to get legal representation, how to find out how to get, like, the records expunged. So mm-hmm. I took my experience of what I was going through and what I was writing about and speaking on and, and, and made it something that was concrete. You know what I mean? So activism is about actually doing, you know what I mean? Uh, actually mm-hmm. t- taking part, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like for instance, right now, I, I live in Memphis now, and um, I've been in Memphis for about three years. And in these three years, the first couple years was very tumultuous because I was, to be honest, I was scared. You know, this was the first time I had moved so far away from any family, any friends. Um, I moved with a, a young family, um, and I was in a situation where identity crisis had finally reached my, my toes, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and like, what was Urban Voodoo going to be in a new place? And um, over the last year, um, mm-hmm. I've gotten more active. And right okay. now, uh, I'm, I'm, I've uh, just uh, become an official member of People of Extraordinary Talent Poet. And uh, one of my missions, my first mission that I'm about to uh, start uh, to get back into the groove of my activism mm-hmm. is to start a Memphis chapter of poet mm-hmm. um, and go into the community. And okay. so sometimes we have to take a break, but we have to get active, especially okay. in this time of day where we're, we're, we're sitting here facing a situation where we just saw for sure our vote mm-hmm. don't count. I mean, we saw when George Bush got it, but at least it, at least it was the Supreme Court that came in and was like, yo, uh, well, we're going to give it to Bush. This time, they counted the vote. They saw that the popular vote went to Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. but they activated that that uh, that electoral college on us and said, well, he won all the electoral votes. And mm-hmm. a lot of people may not know, but the whole history on the electoral college is based on slavery. Right. It's based Absolutely. on the three-fifths of a man clause. It's based on a plantation owner having all of these slaves, but not enough actually free white people who could vote. So they were like, well, damn, if we can't get the blacks to vote, because if we do, then they're gonna, the South is going to overpower us with votes because they got mm-hmm. slaves. So they came up with a compromise. And for small states, they gave a mm-hmm. certain amount of electoral votes. And for bigger states, they gave a certain amount of electoral votes. And then mm-hmm. when the uh, Compromise of 1850 happened, and they decided mm-hmm. we're not going to allow slavery to go past uh, Missouri to the west or go past Kansas to the north, then we're going to work something out that we're going to satisfy those slaveholders. And right. they say separate but equal. They say you're three-fifths of a man. Well, guess what? That's why your vote don't count 100%. That's why right. there's an electoral college. Right. And people don't know that. So. Absolutely. Uh, activism is also each one teach one, still sharpening still, man sharpening man. That's what we're here to do. And poets, that's what God gave us this gift for. Because in a small Indeed. amount of words, we can change lives. Indeed. Indeed. Well, we got some. We got a track that we're going to play. We're going to play a track, one of your tracks, and we're going to come back to your interview because I know you don't have much time. So we're going to come and we're going to get this interview out the way so you can get back to work. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to go to that track. DJ Kane, take us to that track. Yes, yes.
my canvas and the crowd as my easel, I become a master. I pretend that my words have texture, that's why every now and again I choose to enunciate them. Often I mispronunciate them, you see. <laughs> I'm an artist. I write lyrics on an easel, I spit fire on the mic, immersed in bright colors. With these colors, I move the crowd that I place on the space of a blank stage. My images are the beat breaks that fill the sky with my dreams. My sound is the mural that brings color to an otherwise dull community. My words are the visions of an impoverished environment. My spray paint is the poetry of spoken words seldom heard. You see, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. All right, all right, we back, we back. So, Urban Boodle. Yes, sir. Why why did you choose this particular name, Urban Boodle? Wow, um, because I know my history, and um, I know that we have stigma with words, and these words, mm-hmm. they allow, we allow these words to trap us. It's called trichnology. Mm-hmm. Um, the European, he was very smart when he decided to coin words and terms that put fear into people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, voodoo was one of those words. When the, um, when the Haitians rose up against the French and ran the French out of uh, Haiti, the, Haitian, the, the French had to come up with an excuse. How was they allowed their slaves mm-hmm. to overtake the island? Here's Napoleon with this huge army. Mm-hmm. So they made up this word voodoo. Oh, they did some spookism. And they were doing rituals and summoning the devil and some evil and blah, 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 blah. So what happens, they created this new word. But really what they call voodoo comes from an African tradition of Yoruba. Mm-hmm. And in these lands, in those languages, voodoo wasn't a word. But um, I utilize the word to you to, 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 to play on the misconception. Because voodoo is magic. Urban is city. Mm-hmm. City magic. Because we make mm-hmm. something out of nothing every day. And if that's not magic, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, it's also I, I designed, and it's also designed to strike fear in the hearts of the oppressor. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know? If you're one of those people who close-minded and you're oppressive and, you know, you, the, the racist, then... You know, when you hear me speak, you understand that I am I am a, a, a descendant of Nat Turner. You know, I'm a descendant of uh, of uh, Toussaint Leoverture, of Sing Bay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, you know, and they're just like the word nigga, people get all crazy about the word nigga. Well, you know what? The word black is the same ignorance that they say the word nigga is. But you mm-hmm. know what? I rather them. Say nigga, because you know what? They scared of the nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They scared of it. Okay. And the whole thing about that is that I want them to see my ancestors when they see me. Okay. Not the docile, watered-down version. I want them to see 
Nat Turner. I want them to see Patrice Lumumba. I want them to see uh, 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 all the different Black Panthers, and, and, and I want them to see that and know that we we are that generation that's going to bring about liberation one way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Yes, indeed. That's powerful. That's very powerful there. So another question, and I know this is going to throw you into a loop. Name name the three poems you are most proud of writing, the ones that you personally cannot forget. Uh, Savage, uh, Caged Bird, and... Um, and I'm kind of torn. Uh, I got a couple new ones that that capture domestic violence that I'm really happy with. Uh, one of them is called She's Single, and the other one called is called uh, Destiny Cries. So it's kind of a coin flip between the two because uh, one, you're dealing with a woman who chooses to be single because she can't let go of the pain of her past, and the other's the woman uh, couldn't live without the man that she was with, so mm-hmm. she killed him and then killed herself. Okay. Wow. That's deep right there. That's deep. Okay. Okay, Urban Buddha. Some poets are, let's see, some poets are, uh, are active in other creative areas. What are some of your favorite non-poetry or literature activities? Uh, uh, say that, that question a little bit clearer. I'm a little confused. Okay. Some some poets are active in other creative areas. What are some of your favorite non-poetry or literature activities? Um, I guess you're asking me would I like to read outside of poetry? Yeah. What you what actually what do you what are you involved in outside of the literary world? Hmm. Uh, really, poetry is my life. I'm not being a father. Um, okay. Yes. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think that po- everything that I do has some aspect of poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at, even working, the way yeah. I the way I work is poetry, man. Poetry in motion. You know what I mean? So. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, I don't think you can separate poetry from the the rest of uh, of life. Um, but now, as far as reading is concerned, I love to read uh, uh, true nonfiction. I like to read about people. I like to read about history. Um, and and history is like one of the greatest uh, 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 subjects that you can delve into, and as far back as you can, you'll find out more and more information, and then you'll be able to see yourself uh, in history. Like, I I don't like to look at it as um, history is happening or making history. I I like to look at myself as being a part of history. Someday, somebody's going to be talking about our movement, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Uh And you and me, we're a part of it, you know. Even if they don't know our name, we're a part of it. And uh, the question is: the question is, how are you going to maximize uh, your uh, your your uh, contribution? Um, are you going to just be the person who actually saw the twin towers fall, or are you going to be somebody who wrote about it? 
Okay, okay, indeed, indeed. Does uh, Big Ego help or hurt writers? Does what? Does Does a Big Ego help or hurt writers? Um, it depends on what you're trying to capture. Okay. It can be. Okay. It can be. If if, if look, if you want to be uh, the dopest hip hop artist and 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 have other hip hop artists uh, 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 jock your style and you know copy you, and you can be like Future, where you got 15 other guys who sound just like you. Uh-huh. Um, your bravado will be a help. However, okay. if you want to make, if you want to draw people to you and and help people learn from you then uh um arrogance and um and um and um and, and, and pride and conceit uh will push people away. If people don't feel like they can ever get on your level, then they probably won't pick up your book. But if you can uh, you can allow people into your world and let them see that no matter what walk of life you come from, there's a piece of their story in your story. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I I I I think to ask you, um, poets have um, poets have several words that uh, come up over and over again, words and sentences that they just can't help but use in their writing skills. What are three of your absolute favorite words? Um. Hmm. Let me think of that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, elevation. Um, elevation. Uh, that's a good one. I, I don't. I don't really. You know. Sometimes I just let my pen run. Okay. That's uh, exactly I, what I, I do. I yeah, I don't I don't quite script words. Um, I believe I have a pretty good uh vocabulary. Um and the fact is, uh it's hard to have conversations with a lot of people because they're so used to the basic words. So it's only when I can sit down and communicate with my pad and paper and I can communicate through my pen that I get a chance to exercise the words that I've been blessed to learn, you know. Absolutely. Um, and, so, and I try not to be cliche, so uh, I might flip a word and use the same word um, in, in each one of its defined meanings, the one, the two, and the three. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, it's kind of a hard one to answer. Okay, okay. What is your writing kryptonite? Complacency. Oh, oh, good one, good one, good one. Mm-hmm. We, yes, indeed. Do you um, you try to be more? Do you try to be, you try to be more original, or do to deliver uh, to readers what they want? You know, I, I believe in originality. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, I think that the people come to read me want to. They what they want is urban voodoo. And uh, you know, uh, you can get urban voodoo. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know. All right. This is this is this is one I've been waiting to hear for a long time. 
If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Um, to uh, to uh, realize that the story don't change; it just evolves. So my younger writing self will write a certain type of thing and then get stuck and do and dwell on potential writer's block thinking that, oh, you know, they heard this before or, or no, nah, I don't want to talk about that again. But um, I've over the years learned to look at things from various points of view. Like I can tell the story, like I was telling you about the domestic violence stories, I could tell that that same story from the woman who's single to the child who was watching her her mother uh, 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 stressed out and worried because she's trying to carry this family on her own and there ain't no daddy at home and her mom's too proud to have a boyfriend so she don't have no help. You wow. know, I could tell the story from the child looking at that. Um, I could tell the story from the prostitute who who uh, is strung out on drugs because uh, you know her 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 sister killed herself because she was dating a man who was abusive, you know, and she blames herself because that same man who was abusive had an affair with her. You know, it's the way to flip the the same stories from various directions and still have the depth of meaning, you know, okay. um, like like how people are talking about Donald Trump to. To, you know, in this day and age and worried about what Donald Trump is going to do. Well, the fact is we can look at it several ways. You know what I mean? So what? He's a villain. Well, the fact is uh, he's probably going to take more from the Europeans in America than he's going to even come close to taking from the African-Americans. Why? Well, because they have more to lose. You know what I'm saying? Why are we afraid? Why are we worried? We're already on the bottom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What we should be doing is we should be observing and waiting for some of them to fall and climbing up, you know, over their bodies. I mean, I mean, see, I know it sounds crass, but I'm just saying if we're so worried about it, you know, we got to realize that the first people that are going to feel his wrath are going to be the very people who voted him in. Right. Absolutely. You are absolutely on point, Urban Boodle. You are absolutely on point. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go and play another track by you, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to bring in some callers, and we're going to let them speak with you. And until then, we just need to let you in, okay? So what we're going to do is play another track, okay? DJ Kane, take us through that track. Thank you. 
Couple minutes with, with any conversation you want to have right now, but okay. uh, when I All right, let this me, building, let me, okay. Let me get let me get let me get a caller in here for you, okay. Yes, let me sir. bring in let me let me let me bring in the other West Tennessee, West Tennessee, West Tennessee, West Tennessee. You in the building? West Tennessee, are you in the building? Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Who hello, are you? hello. Opportunity to speak to. Uh, Angela, Sun Toucher, Patterson. Hey, my girlfriend is in the building. Lord have mercy. Hey, 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 brother. Hey, 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 hey. I got eyes on her myself. You too, young brother. You too late. I already got her on my on my on my memory stick. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Y'all are too much. How you doing, Queen? How you doing, Queen? I'm great. I enjoyed I just really called in. I enjoyed that chat. I called in just in time to hear it. And so. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. That was like one of the first tracks I laid uh, on my EP when I I dropped my first EP, and uh, yeah, I was really proud of that point. I was really proud of that one. Uh, my man, uh, uh, partner of mine, Bobo, uh, producer uh, from Los Angeles, I had uh, laid the track, and man, as soon as I heard it, I knew what to do. Yeah. Now, yeah. I must say, I'm a fan of your ink. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, you're gonna get you. a, you gonna, you gonna get a you gonna get a chance to hear her spit. Go ahead, son. Okay. It's your mic. Go and do your thing, oh. girl. <laughs> Go and do your thing, cause I'm a fan too. You know what I'm saying? I'm in love with your pen just as much as I'm in love with you. So the mic is oh. yours. <laughs> don't 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 go don't get shy now. Go on and speak. Speak your piece. <laughs> now I was talking to my granddaughter. They always want I have to come to my um poetry closet. I close the door. Uh-huh. That don't mean you come in here too. Mm-hmm. So I have to put them out. Get out. Oh. All that. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Do your thing. Do your thing. All right. I am a paradoxical work, a complete work in progress. There is nothing else to me yet I gain something each day. Nothing noticeable changes except for a smile because I'm happily supporting my family and I found because I'm here. I've lost myself somewhere, somehow, some how I found myself in the midst of it all. Still, I am lonely in a house full of individuals who love me dearly. For so long, I chose not to date. It was something I secretly erased from my mind, yet it's painted all over my face. Loneliness is such a soothing ache. Loneliness is where I believed I would stay, in a house full of individuals who loved me dearly. But if there was a guy... That guy, that guy who came along, I want to be with him alone in public. A guy who could understand my quiet but colorful ways, understand the time I took to color a gloomy face. You see, I walk a bright life in darkness. Just now, lightning below, despite this, took me all of my life. A little girl with an ugly face, no one wanted me. I assume I had to be ugly because I did nothing to no one while doing something for everyone, and ugly people have to work so much more hard than cute people, right? I believe this because I was the only one who played with the kids who got teased on the block, and today they act like I'm a nobody and won't talk to me, just like my mother. My daddy talked to me, but his Sarcasm swells. Was it me or them that failed? Me, because I couldn't seem to keep a man as nice as I am, as clean as I am, as domestic as I am. I am. But the only people who could see this is a house full of individuals who love me dearly. My kids. A woman so timid. I assume I had to be timid seeing that just because I don't say much except for to the people that I'm most comfortable with, and he, he, and he took comfort in testing me to see if I'd run away or to see if I have nothing to say no matter if I cursed him out every day, hit him over the head when he's in my space and threw up my arms to block my face like a scared little chicken, and he, he, and he wouldn't leave me alone. I wish they'd go away just like my mother, but no. He, he, and he was my unfaithful face in us with no faith in me kind of lover. No wonder I struggle. I'm my own confidant. Only I know what I don't know. Only I want what I really don't want. Dying to live. Crave unwanted attention. Surely unsure of where life will take me. Never easily broken. 
I'm a colorfully quiet, walking, paradoxical piece of artwork who will definitely not sell herself short. I am priceless. In peace, with ours. Outstanding. I thought for a moment that you was trying to equate something towards me. I had to put push my exit button on my TV to make sure that I could crawl through these fiber optic wires and meet you there. Oh. <laughs> that was outstanding. Yes, outstanding. indeed. Yes, indeed. That's untouched, though. That's, that's the light. That's the light that shines in the dark when you're walking on a lonely street. She's shining right in front of you. Hmm. You ain't got the knack to see her, boy. You ain't going to never see her because I see her. We, sun touch. Hey, we're going to sit you back down on the couch because Irvin Boodle got a few minutes, and I'm trying to get enough callers, get enough callers in to talk to him. So uh, okay, all right. just, just, just stay tuned because he – he got to go to work, and we gonna, we gonna, as soon as he hang up, we're going right into poetry. So, and I'd love to hear another piece from you, definitely. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Queen. All right. We're going to bring in Lady New York. We're going to bring in Lady New York. Lady New York in the building. Lady New York. Hello. Hey, we got hello, a little in the building. Hey, Queen, how you doing? how are you? Oh, uh, I'm living, trying to make it happen. I know that's right. Thank you for tuning in. You got any yeah, questions for the welcome. guest? You got a question for the guest? How long have you been writing? Wow, uh, I've been writing since I was in grade school. Um, probably first grade. I used to write to my mama, and. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day stuff. Um, and then uh, as I got older, because I come from a family of poets, and as I got older, uh, I would write poems for the family reunion book. So, yeah, I would have to say uh, about since first grade. Nice. Nice. Wow. All right. So what you got for us, Lady uh, lady, uh, lady New York? Um, let's see. Let's see. You know, I I'm seeing you. Stuff. I, well, do what you do. What do what make you feel? Do what make you feel good. You know what I'm saying? If you want to, if you want to sway, rock and roll, you don't do that. If you want to sing, do that. If you want to tell a joke, do that. All right, do your thing. The mic is yours. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's see what I got. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm not sure where I want to go right now, so. And you just you don't you don't have to worry about going nowhere. Just drive. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. You don't have to keep it in mind. Make your mind drive. That's all. <laughs> Okie dokie. Let's see. Everything's moving slow. Well, then, you got to move faster. 
Maybe maybe I, I, I need know. to I need to maybe I need to come and light a fire up under you and get you going. Really? Yeah. Is really. that so? Yeah, it might be. That might be that might be that might be the tip of the iceberg. You're too funny. Yeah, but that's the way they like it when it's funny. Really now? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going. I'm going. I'm working on it. Give me a you minute. want me to come back? You want me to come back to you? Uh, yeah, you could do that. All right, all right. We're gonna bring in Nashawn. We're gonna bring in Nashawn. Nashawn, you in the building? Nashawn, you in the building? Yes, I'm in the building. All right, we got Urban Boodle here. The guest is here. So, what you what you got a question for the guest? Yes, I do. All right. Urban Voodoo. As a as a, a poet continually growing as an artist, what do you where do you hope to see your work ten years from now? Hello? Urban Voodoo? Urban Voodoo? Urban Voodoo? Hey Buddha, I'm yeah. here, but how you doing? You hear me? Can hear you now. You hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I'm here with you now. All right, I was on mute. Give me a second. I'm about to go into this little niche and get back on the phone. Uh, I need to get this phone because, uh, you know, I dropped a formula. If I could hear the text, this is wrong. All right. So what's going on, us? Do I have to repeat the question again? Yes, repeat the question again. Mm-hmm. All right. The question was, mm-hmm. as a, as yeah, a we poet, can hear you. As a poet and, and an artist growing um, continually, where would you like to see your poetry ten years from now? Oh wow! Um, in a in a ninth grade class. Uh, you said in the I think we lost Urban Budo. I'm still here. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm still here. Ask the question again, there, Nishan. Do you need a question, Urban Budo, or do I have to repeat it again? Uh, I was saying, I said you asked me uh, where would I like my poetry go in ten years. My yeah, correct? ten years from now, where would where would you like to be with your poetry ten years from now? Um, I would like to be in the ninth grade classroom, being discussed by some young minds. Oh, wait, that, that's a that's a good a good answer. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Who's very on, who good. is this I'm speaking with? Nashan. Nashan. It's, yes, it's actually it's actually it's actually pronounced Nashan. Nashan. Um, Nashan, it's N A H. Come, because I was I was berated by one of my relatives recently <laughs> by saying calling yourself Nashan is not doing your name justice. Your name is actually pronounced Nashan, which okay. is which is which pronounces the H, and and the Hebrews actually pronounce it Nakshan. So okay. wow. Well, when I hear Nashan, I think about nation, like a powerful people. That's what I say. That's 
You, however you twist it, it's, 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 it's powerful. The name. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that question. Um, that's, yeah, I would definitely like to be, uh, you know, um, the topic of discussion. I, I would like to be how uh, Amiri Baraka was for us. Wow. Okay. Nishan, what you got for us? Okay. I've got uh, an original piece that um, it's uh, called Reflections, okay. personal piece. Okay. Your mic. Your mic. My life has been something I needed to contemplate. How have I come to be in this time and place? I have to be honest in my writing, sir. I don't want to be misunderstood. Delinquency has followed me all my life, yet I'm trying to be good. I have fond memories of my childhood, living in the south side of the neighborhood. My earliest memories hanging out with my brother at our parents' house, innocence still intact. My best friend was also my fam, my brother. We'd always play with our Tonka trucks and tricycles. We grew up together, bathed together, shared our, their same room. My original best friend was also my only bully. Through preteen years till I reached 15, when I had enough. My first kiss was with hmm, Roberta and Shanita, sisters, which happened on the same day. My brother also kissed them both. I don't know. We were watching the love boat while our parents were out, and we decided to have a, a kissing competition. I have always had a desire for beautiful women as long as I can remember. Even on, in the first grade, I had crushes on a pretty young girl named Donna Fields. It wasn't until I was in junior high school that I actually caught the feel. A few months later, I lost my virginity, but it wasn't with her. Those were the fond, youthful memories. I also remember the not-so-fond memories, such as my innocence loss, by someone violating my personal space, my body. I remember crying, asking them to stop, that I was powerless to overcome their abuse, so they decided it was, en it was enough. I tried many times to forget the past. They say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. See, when I was three, I almost died from drinking alcohol rubbing alcohol because it wasn't the kind that you're supposed to ingest. My mother rushed me to the hospital and had my stomach pumped. The rest of the day I rested. My family was singled out by the kids in the hood, maybe because we were different and didn't hang with them. They used to throw rocks at our front window, so my brother and I decided to put a stop to it. After they broke it the first time and we had, had, to re had it replaced, we went outside with our German shepherd, and two types of homemade moon trucks and chased them down the street, had to let them know we were to defend our space, let them know that we're not weak, that that day I gained more respect for my brother and grew a deeper fondness for him, though he still bullied me. He also protected me. This continued on even till now when I was down and out and he was been the one supporting me when I slept on trains and on the streets when I ended up in hospital and in jail, even when I got out and needed to eat, he was the first one. I knew I could turn to. I owe my fam more than any man should, so in turn I have to I have made it my resolve to live my life for the good, not turning evil. I'm not crazy, I love to work, I'm not lazy. Right now I don't care what people think about me, because I know the truth and it saves me. 
from having to fight with fools or let the guns shoot. My freedom is too valuable to me. My life has taught me how to be in corporate and in the streets. It's given me knowledge that all that I meet cannot be called friends. In the end, the closest person to me is still Damon, my brother. And though my other siblings have come along, we are five in all, I still am closest to him. I must give honor and thanks to my fam, my, from grandparents to, to parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, and cousins. They all know I have love for them, as I know they all have love for me. Though we may not be as close as we like to be, we all have the pride of knowing who we are. Whether we be Byron, Claxton, Tyson, Merrick, or Swanston, we are all still just fam. Last name may change, but we're all, all the same under the skin. I must give love to my grandfather, who was my second hero behind, behind my father. He was a jazz pianist that, who's in a picture I show in front of my page sometimes. My father is the artist that drew the painting that shows on my page, my background page. I have a deep, intense love for my parents. She, my mother, she's nurtured and taught me since birth. There is no woman in this world that can compare to her in my life. She taught me to read and long before I entered school. She was my protector from the womb and taught my brother these protective skills. She was born in Harlem, whereas my father was born in the Bronx. I have a deep pride for my father. He has taught me deep-seated knowledge that remains with, within me. He is a 20th century Renaissance man. He can do whatever he puts his mind to. He never says he can't. From fixing computers to fixing cars, from playing a musical instrument to the art that he draws, to teaching new depths of spiritual understandings, to teaching his wealth of knowledge of the English language, to his poetry, to his ethical character, things I've learned from both are truly invaluable. They met in Queens on a bus. Firstly, they were at odds, then they were in love. They've been together for over 40 years, showing love to all they can. And though I may have strayed from the path they taught in my youth, I owe it to them my knowledge of the truth. Even though there were trials I had to go through for myself, I'm back on my path. Come call it my swagger, but I call it God in my life. I've gone without God, got my job, got my home now, just have to get my son, car, then wife. And I'll have all I need and want in my life. And I will continue, continue, continue to write. And that's that piece. Wow. That's ridiculous. Wow. That was amazing. Amazing, Nashawn. That was amazing. That, that was a journey, a complete journey right there. You know, Urban Budo. Yes, sir. No, you still in the building? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, Nation. I appreciate you, man. I think you come through everywhere. Yes, sir. Let me tell this brother something. You know that that poem you you just did uh, touched a piece of my spirit, man. Um, cherish your brother. Hey Sean, you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, did you hear? Did you hear? 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 Yeah, he said, "Cherish my brother." I do cherish my brother very, very much. So, 
Thank you, brother. Okay. All right. uh, When I was 14, uh, my brother died in a car accident. And uh, the problem was uh, we didn't grow up together. So I had, like, just met him. Um, When I was probably, like, 10, I had just met him. But he was one in the streets. You know, he was gangbanging and all that. So I didn't really get to spend a lot of time with him. And he passed away without me or my sister really knowing him. And so neither that piece made me think about him. And uh, I I, I love that piece. That was thank you. Yeah, that's that's, that pulled out my heartstrings. Thank you, bro. This this is the first time I've ever shared this particular piece. This is one of my. This is one of my um like uh, most heartfelt reflections. You know. Right. So I just want to share that with you all tonight, and thank you for being here, and congratulations on you on. on um, uh, being mm-hmm. interviewed tonight, um, and, and much much respect in, in your work. Uh, continue continue progressing, and uh, I hope to hear you and you see big things for you happening in your future. Much pleasure. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Right. Please add me if we're not already friends on Facebook. Please go ahead and take some time and add me right quick. All right, definitely. Indeed, indeed. All right, Nashad. We're going to bring in Central Colorado. Central Colorado, you in the building? Central Colorado, <coughs> you in the building? All right. Do you I have am. a question for the guest? Because I know you don't have a piece of poetry. So you got a question for the guest? Yes. Um, what's a piece that um, really speaks to your to who you are and that has a lot of depth as of current of your material? that you'd like to share? Well, I guess I'll just let you hear it. Um, go ahead and spit it. You go ahead and spit it. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a couple. It's actually a couple. Uh, I'll let you hear Do your thing. Budo, did we lose you? Did we lose him? Uh, Budo? Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, do your thing. Spit that piece. I am savage, untamed, unabashed, unashamed, nigger. Yeah, I said it. And call me by name. If I ain't nigga, I be that nigga. Like catch that nigga. Like you let that nigga get away. Like hang that nigga. Them savages, infidels, heretics, coon, niggas, niggas, niggas. We to thee still be niggas. It's obvious. Stop pretending, always bending the truth. You think I'm a savage as you pull me over for nothing, bluffing, hoping I'm a scared nigga. You hoping I'm a scared nigga, like, like how you dare, nigga. Political posturing, like, like beware, nigga. Them porkies gonna get you, boy. I said them porkies gonna get you, nigga. I think it. 
on some YouTube shit. Yeah, yeah, Oz knows Oz a nigga, field nigga, plotting insurrection, savage, on some Tucson Le Overture, ceremonial voodoo spit, voodoo dances, voodoo trances, changing French circumstances. We ain't going to be peaceful niggas. We gonna be ruthless niggas, like like niggas with attitudes, straight out of Compton, fighting the beast. We ain't no sheep, niggas. We gonna be savage, raised against the machine with with ammo. Yeah, yeah, with ammo. They worst nightmare. The karma realized if we don't see some reparations, crazed niggas insane with vengeance like that Matt Turner nigga. That Sing Bay, them Amistad niggas fighting the pirates on the boat. Call it mutiny, nigga. Yeah, savage like that. Wild, untamed, unrelenting. We want free. These dumb niggas need to wise up so we can all rise up. And I will not be moved. So I'm cool, nigga. Waiting for the trumpet to blow. In poem. Whoa. Wow. That was political, relatable, inflatable, my lord. <laughs> Woo wee. All right. And, 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 <laughs> so, Althea, what you think about that piece? That was extraordinary. You're quite the revolutionary. Revolutionarian, <laughs> I could say. Thank you for that piece. Just wow. Blown yeah, away. You blown off your seat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I got one for you to gonna blow you off your seat too in the speed round, but uh that's neither here or there. Okay. Althea, we're gonna set you back down on the couch. I got two more callers that wanna talk to the urban voodoo himself so just stay tuned we coming right back okay thanks okay florida you are in the building florida you are in the building hello hello good evening good evening yeah yeah urban voodoo you still in the building oh i think we lost urban voodoo i think we lost it but that's all right, though. The show must go on. The show must go on. You know, the show must go on. So what you got for us? How do you like the show so far? Show is off. The show is off the chain. He is a revolutionary. He is definitely a latter-day's prophet. Yeah. Hands down. Without, I mean, he has stepped in line, and he, he has accepted his assignment, and he's doing what God Put before him to do with mm-hmm. no reservation. He is moving forward. That's it. He's going to tear up something, you know. What I'm <laughs> he, he's going he, he to he uproot something and he's going to plant something, you know. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So, what you got for us, Lady of Love? I don't know. I think I'm going to do uh, my Solomon. Okay. The mic is yours. Thank you. I heard your voice bring my soul. To you seated on your throne. She sat in submission to his truth. It may seem impossible to those who dwell not in the spirit. You know, 
heard your confident laughter reminding of your fierce statement that requested agreement from me. I obliged for the science of exchange allows you to capture the audience of my mind. But in the physical, be it in the physical or telepathy, after a few lines of encounter, stacked shelves form as we share truth and understanding forming another level. I spoke a volume without hesitation, desiring you speak to my heart. I liquidated control for your complex rules of exposing information, which a logical repetition brought about sufficient surety, building our foundation of convince. It's so deep sometimes I must kiss you, resuscitating she, to digest your elaborate literature. Each day you spread a banquet table for my mental consumption. So waiting for that long debate, and when it's done, oh wait, only a man that can stimulate her mind, holding her in ecstatic captivity, can desert with her in those succulent and lavish ways. But let me sweep over your statue like balmy breezes on the beach. Allow my hand to cover your bareness as we rock ourselves into atmospheric pressure changes, changing your dry climate to wet. Let me refresh you with an offering of raisins from Kadar. Let his energy replenish like lightning streaking the midnight sky. Only he who has dwelled in the energy of creation a second time is worthy. Let her move the elderberry bush from your path a limb at a time as you cradle me in your love. I linger on the tear in your eye, desiring to change it to clear flowing joy. Hold me, my darling. I will hold you forever. Whisper into my soul products of distant shores as your wise unfolds the meaning. And peace. Go ahead on, girl. Go ahead on. Look at you. Look at you coming up in this building trying to trying to mentally destruct something up in here, trying to pull my curtains down on the side. All it right. Was, it must have got destructive because I hear somebody talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we got Urban Voodoo back, I think. Urban Voodoo, you back? Can't put that West Tennessee on. That other yeah, West Tennessee. yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, okay. One thing okay. I want to say, oh, my God, that voice. Got me feeling <laughs> some kind of way. <laughs> got, her feeling, got you feeling some kind of way, huh? Yes. So are we friends on Facebook? We definitely are on both of your pages. Okay, who is this? This is Lady of Love, Lois Shaw. Oh, oh Miss Shaw, Miss Shaw, Miss Shaw. Damn. That was awesome. That was awesome. I really appreciated that. I'm glad I was able to get the signal back before you before you uh, finished. I was like, wow. Well, I'm, yeah, I know you. Yeah, I know you at I I know you at work. So let me get these last few questions out the way. You know. Thank okay. you, and I, I just want to say that you are definitely a Latter-day Prophet, you know, and continue to do your assignment because you're definitely following it in in obedience, and there's a reward at the end. 
And smile. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Urban Voodoo, do you view writing as a kind of a spiritual practice? Yes. Okay. I think poetry would be my religion. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, do you believe in writer's block? Um, not particularly uh, in the the general use of, of the term. Um, when I think of writer's block, I think of possession. You being the writer, blocking yourself. Oh, very. That's the same. That's the same exact thing that I said. The same exact thing I said. Let me say. Let me just. Let me just say something before I ask you your last question. Whenever a conscious black woman or man raises their voice on issues central to our existence, somebody is going to call them strident because they don't want to hear about it or nor us. I refuse to be silenced and I refuse to be trivialized even if I do not say what I have to say perfectly. What I write is important and I I insist that you fill out what you have to say on the subject and then maybe you can say it better. But I must be heard. I refuse to be silenced. That's right. I said I refuse to be silenced. And I would not allow my work to be trivialized because what I'm writing is not only about me. It is about the lives of many voiceless people. And the life of the planet that we share, you can't get rid of me just by saying I'm strident or I'm too intense or I'm silly or I'm crazy or morbid or melodramatic. Hey, listen, I can be all of those things and you still must open yourself to what I'm talking about in the interest of our common future. So, Irvin Buddha, poets are often said to be eccentric, and I support that. Please, in this interview, by creating two sentences, poetic, strange, or quietly, or quietly profound your choice. Urvudu? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did you hear the question? Uh, No, I got cut off while you were doing the piece. Okay. Poets are often said to be eccentric. Okay. As I said, I support that. Okay. Please, in this interview, by creating two sentences, poetic, strange, or quietly profound, your choice. Okay, so you're asking me to create a sentence with those words or those phrases? Just create two sentences, either poetic, strange, or quietly profound. Either or, your choice. <laughs> well, I think I believe that the poets are quietly profound. I mean, I, I think I believe that we are well-rounded in that I tend to be strange and eccentric. Um, the the average mind 
will get confused in a typical conversation with me if it's not based on the mundane. Um, some would think that I was deep, although I may not even say anything deep, but that's because I reach beyond the stars in my thinking. Okay. So if your mind is on the concrete, but my mind is on the atmosphere, of course you wouldn't be able to follow. Indeed. 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 Um, All right. But, but uh, let, let me do a couple pieces. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was just What I was actually fitting to do was, uh, I was going to do a music break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to do the speed round, and you're going to be first up. Well, I don't know if I have time for the music break. Um, I can definitely probably listen, but uh, my my line of work, I can't really um, handle my phone at the same time I'm moving, but I could listen in and uh, maybe chime in when I can. So okay. I just want to get a couple pieces off. Okay, well, then, uh, do, 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 do this. Do, 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 do two quick pieces. Do that. Okay. Your mic. Okay. Um, I live carefully placed at the edge of insanity, tiptoeing across the front line. My mind constantly questioning our condition. My mission, to liberate my comrades, the most are caught between Time Warner and Comcast, blinded by the ignorance of pop culture. We are soldiers, battle-weary and awestruck, bloody from scars, invisible to naked eyes. Elders act surprised when young folk don't listen. The truth is, most recognize that we aborted an unfinished mission. Bloody and dangerous, a fetus thrown aside in the second trimester. Liberation has never found birth, and freedom is a stillborn in the hands of a doctor guilty of malpractice. Who taught the ones who taught my generation? I hear crickets calling hallelujah in sermons on Sunday, as if they forgot Monday was when the liquor store two doors down opened up for the first time, confined to concrete convictions, waiting for Jesus to save only 144,000 from these conditions, even though millions come to pray. Who wouldn't sell a dream if we all were willing to pay? I am sick of thoughts that drive us to survival. The cost of living is less stress for those who live tribal in the bush of Gambian rainforest, yet we can't seem to see the forest from the trees. Swear we standing up, but we can't seem to tell our feet from our knees. I pray to God for the day we redeem our ancestors and avenge the fallen who rather die than stand foot on these shores. I am here only to haunt the seeds of the guilty. Let the shoe rest at the soles of those who wear them. It's really not my fault. The, uni the universal truth scared them in porn. And uh, one more, because I, I do feel a little, some kind of way after hearing that last piece the sister just did. Mm. So. Uh, your mic. She's calling out to me in my pen. This is called She Asked Me to Make Her Come. I, do, I don't just talk revolution. I also talk activism in the bedroom, baby. That's what I do. But this piece is called She Asked Me to Make Her Come. She asked me to make her come, but there were rules, you see. 
I could employ neither dick nor tongue before I began to run these words across her delicate nerves and arrived in the zone, allowing my wordplay to play naughty peekaboo games through her veins to get that blood to circulate. Made that areola percolate so tense and anxious as the tip of your fingers pressed greedily against your nipples. The sweat trickles down your spine because I'm all up in your cerebrum. It's what I told her. Feeling bolder with every word, began to undress the layers of regret, getting her wet with every enunciation, every syllable intense with verbs of pleasure. She subconsciously measured my dick, son, this bravado like daydreams on sandy beaches, soaking wet, sunbathing in my jism. Isms laid bare as her temperature rose, exposed pearls of passion, eclipsed once again by those tips of her fingers. She masturbated love's melodic tones and swirls. Inside were whirlwinds of fantasy. She talked of me as she heard my ink breathing. From each line, her dentrite sent shockwaves through her axon. It was like raw sex. My syntax on fire like tropical heat, complete with the scent of my cologne. It soaked. It soaked like sitting on warm, damp, clothes, throbbing with each stroke, each point gently poked holes in her curiosity. She came over and over and over again, gyrations and muscle spasms, squirting from deep chasms of her femininity, her virginity lost forever. She was naked, alone, lustfully stroking her senses. She was naked, stressed with sweat for the impact of these words, and that's my word. My dismount is so fabulous. Like the anointing of angels, I sprinkle love juices all over and over and over again against the nape of her neck, doggy style with exclamation points and periods that have an extended warranty. I douse her, crown her. I drown her with the overflowing of fluid fluency, fluently speaking sensations into being. She asked me to make her come. But there were rules, you see. I could employ me the dick nor tongue before I began to run these words across her delicate nerves in erogenous zones, allowing my word play to play naughty peekaboo games through her veins to get that blood to circulate. And poem, I'm Urban Voodoo, y'all. Thank you for coming out and hollering at me. I'll be listening. Uh, if we're not friends already, get at me on Facebook. The name spelled U-R-B-N-V-U-D-U. Oh, it's on the move. <laughs> Thank you, brother. You know. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Urban Voodoo. What we're going to do now is we're going into speed round mode. I hope everybody stay around for the speed round. We're going to take a music break to get everything set, and we shall be right back. So stay tuned. Three minutes. All right. DJ Kane, take us to that, that music break. Some guys, they just hate for no reason. Remember when, uh, when uh, we used to be in Lenny's basement? 
real. Tell me how you feel. Everything I spit is gold. Like I got a grill. Bet you people talking thought I sell out once I got a deal. Feel me on my team. Only difference we live in the hills. We live in the dream. These bitches perpetrating the skills. At the soup kitchen with my mama, they giving us meals. I was poor in my adolescence, but now I'm getting meals. Come on, tell me how it feels when that brand new record spills. Homie, that's a come up. I'm from where them drug dealers are running. But I was never about that shit. I just worked at a center, boy. Yeah. Claiming that they got it over there. Keep seeing a blank script, 
with my signature, Pages Unlimited. I don't know if it will ever end. Weighing down my brain like the thoughts won't stop. Why do I think so much? It's like the question of life keep flowing within. Heartbeats let me know I can breathe. Inspiration I keep pulling out of my sleeve. Ready to recite. Stun the mind, prepare for all nosebleeds. I don't got recite slash spit with speed. My style of normal flow for everybody to read. Feeding off of the writer's flows like it's a daily routine. Manifest the script burners as I start to rip off my sleeves. Engulfed in creation where ink emerged to paper. Unknown stories of life brought to new attention. Ink is the gasoline, the ballpoint, and nice to page. Understanding a new skill, filling number of flames, going to uncharted subjects. Stopping the red line before being crossed off the list. No, this is not like making a wish. This is more like not finishing the mill, then discarding a dish. Talk about the world and all this shit. Politics stay fat while low fish nose done, but how the bitch? My mic unseen, yet my voice is heard. Words posted by network, and now I want you to remember what you heard. News talking about animals in a zoo having babies. Crackheads in the street sell their babies. Dudes pipping their girlfriends and wives. Idiots saying I love welfare. I don't deserve it, but who cares? Another saying I'm ready to cancel welfare, but those who need it, need it. Maybe some of the government saying, who cares? Weed is a drug, you don't gotta be a thug to smoke. Look at a lot of these kids thinking life's a joke. Parents who smoke with their kids are a joke. Your kid died thinking you were friends, but you saw that boy grow into a man. You saw that girl grow into a woman. I wonder if that shit ever made you stop smoking regrets. Do they ever leave? I say no, but the yes people I call, the denial people quick to say yes to reply. Regrets pile up and weigh down the ones who can't take it. Real criminals get off of misdemeanors just because of the law for that state. Just because you got a record, you got to be guilty, but when proven innocent, at that lost time, you getting a reprieve. Can we ever rectify what I call the world of injustice? And that's always on DSR. Oh, damn. Day. Mm. Next. Lady New York, your building. Lady New York. Lady New York, your bite. I no longer love you because I caught you in too many lies. You always said you loved me, yet you could beat me up even when I cried. Break my nose, fracture my ribs, and black both of my eyes. I call the police. They never even seem to show up. I know they will come soon with the coroner to scoop what is left. Zip me up and carry me away. Leave me in the morgue until my, my autopsy happens later on today. I no longer love you. I'm sick and tired of getting beat down, thrown all over the house. My neighbors hear my screams. No one ever comes to my rescue. They even feel helpless because I am still legally bonded to you. I love you more than my life itself. Yeah, the moral of this story is I am dead now. He got away with my murder. He is happily remarried and doing it to someone else. Damn, I should have listened to my innermost being. I would still have my celibacy and could still be in this world because I wanted to be loved. Yeah, I was loved all right. I was just too damn ignorant and stayed with his ass instead of took flight. I leave behind five children who no longer have their mother in their life because I was too busy getting beat up being his wife. End of peace. 
Florida. You're in the building. Your mic. Florida, your mic. Thoughts of you, rainbow mind. Pastel hues sprinkled about like soft, warm rain. I dialed your number. His voice brought a new meaning to the morning baby. I asked myself again to only hear the same bound to him from the foundational lay. It is just that way, mixture of DNA. I am on my way to bring breakfast. She was smelling delicious. Her natural heat and primordial testified to herself of the presence of her aphrodisiac waiting to engulf him. My beauty was stepping out of the shower as I walked in, sharing my things, for they were dropping to reach his bare level, so I needed to, so to touch. Allowing my sense of smell, enjoy his damp, soap-scented flesh, kissing his lips of pleasure, anointing my tongue with his taste, while sliding my hands where I delighted over his six-foot frame. Delirium shook my body as he touched back like I knew he would, now saturating his fingers inside of the waters of my churning pool that pulsed now like a deep and powerful wind stirred her flu. My head rested on his ample chest. His chest hair had the scent of lavender, Excitement visited us both that we trembled, moving heated arms and hands about the unclothed places of our bodies, adding warm pleasing that caused reverberation to meet breast to breast in the height of our moans. My eyes met his as we searched for positions. He licked my sweetest spot, spoke to my birth section and found his fingering way to open the gates for his entry. Artistically, he tongued his way to a full plie, making full use of the width of my weakening legs. She simpered with each stroke and drawled his name. He groaned with each passion display, escaping her from deep within. He coaxed her to the doorsteps of his palace, then excited her pleasure elevation as he effortlessly intoxicated her. Submission one, he bathed his queen with his wide, flat surface, retracting to curls that arched and lift her, making his conversation and her response flow as warm milk in summer. He whispered out of head sweetness to his creation. So different every time. When all was soft and so magnificently well, (laughs) she served her twerking giant. Well, he smiles. All right. West Tennessee, your mic. West Tennessee. Suntouch. I think it might be the other one. Okay, is that you, Suntouch? Yeah. Okay, your mic. Feathered pillows fluffed and propped, anticipating a comfortable lean. Heavy quilt folded back, anticipating love on a wrinkled sheet, 
theme. Smaller lamps on the nightstand anticipates an autumn tone. Ice melting in 80-proof anticipating smooth taste to complement the zone. A gorgeous steel painting of chocolate-colored melanin lying on a bed anticipating a satisfied queen. A, body's rolling, a body rolling the hips anticipating a satisfied king. Fingers from a firm hand intertwined behind a shiny head. A half-naked dance to turn any face red. Slightly smiling lips surrounded by a neatly trimmed mustache and beard. Thoughts of begging for patience and no first-time fear. Waiting, ecstasy in the making, mentally stalking, eyes talking, saying nasty things, sensually imagining. Probing cheese from the deep conditioned coils to the hot pink toenails, outlining she. Probing he from the freshly shaven ball to the pedicure toes, outlining he. Anticipation doesn't think twice about knocking, slowly growing, and then it does just that. It knocks, taking over, calmly faking the calm, heart pumping fast. The blood flows. Ah, the blood Quiet fills the room except for a smooth tune and the summer rain lightly beating upon the rooftop, dripping from shingles and anticipating the splash onto previous drops. The window's condensation reveal, I love you from a fingertip's past, remembering window pane, loving, anticipating, anticipation now growing fast. A warm can be felt just inches from crossed feet at the ankles on the end of the bedding, anticipating a union of an anatomy wedding. Undressed is his lust, exposing his rise. His mind shifts from his eyes to her eyes and then to his eye. Like, what shall you do with this? A heat bruise, two bodies stew. She simmers him mellow, anticipation refusing to settle. Making him to wait, he is required to wait. The power of her mystery flesh has him ready to participate, ready to masturbate. It's getting late. Teasingly anticipating something sensually great. Hands and knees crawl to a straddle with a hard nipple breast in anticipation of a quake. Lips meet a kiss. Tongue wants part of this. Swimming around each other's bliss. Feel it, a tingling sensation in the mist, throbbing wetness, a pleading, aching stiffness enters it. Pleasure slides deep into it. Outer layer nerves welcome this shit. Some conscious state floating among a cloud's high, high-pitched moans resembling a cry, muscles hugging every single ripple, intense climax anticipating the connection of two spirituals, love anticipating the universe to keep, the stars anticipating a smiling sleep. In peace. Mm. Let me look deep in your black. Black queen where your spirit has tumbled below your feet. The feebleness of your mind might not understand the dead will procreate. They will revise another awakening and appreciate. But fate is a determination decided by you. 
but the fact of life is not based on a quarter, neither a dollar. But your decision to entice me with a short dress trying to play me by to buy in, but I'm about to do you do you with verbalized pimping. But the reality is you're still trying to flag me down for that change in my pocket. Want to holler for my quarters at the same time, hustle me for five dollars. Oh, you think life isn't tough going down on your knees, head bobbing up and down, down here on Mother Earth. Disrespect your sacred Yanniverse. Got him situated to suck and fuck your Yanniverse for that next hit. Oops, I mean suck and fuck in reverse. When your human earth is out of moral balance, when you think you are unshakable yet your mind whacked out, unstable when you always down on your knees, lip puckered head going faster than a three-speed vibrator, trying to make a living. That's that illusion of your own reality to keep telling you yourself. That same old lie daily while your head bobbing up and down looking for a different result. Haven't you yet realized your insanity on your stroll down to the avenues of Mars? So mentally self-destructive in a destabilized way and then you mentally shake yourself into make yourself go on into internalizing where you always wanted to go. Insane on cocaine, misrepresented through those thoughts propel you to go. Chasing another hit, then you walk in and out that door with your moral virtues, without your female value, walking straight out that door into another realm of self-deception, mentally still defeated, still have your feet planted on that, on that cold concrete. See, these are the things that exist in a world of self-disrespect, without self-introspection, and yet you accept it, trapped in ozones of a space zoo, trying to make your monkey brain face the facts of being called shorty, bitch, and hoe. You glamorize that shit, making self think and act like a hoe. Got my verbal pimping calling you that bottom low hoe bitch because of that glass dick. Looking like, looking, looking for hip hop perfection while you're pulling on that white slavery. Then you holler, respect me. Respect what? That girl with no respect of herself. Then you want to hit my purple haze blunt, filling your lungs with make believe. Make you want to take yourself into nowhere. Is it not fair? But is life fair when you haven't treated yourself right? But see, there's, these, there's something always to understand. Mental abuse, physical abuse, and self-abuse, emotional abuse is not love. It's a sign of low self-esteem. I understand the hurt and the pain you're going through. But that emotional drug-induced delusion where you don't know who and what to do, the system won't help you. So you keep using and abusing. You, queen, you must have a desire to help yourself. This world is that reality. Come out of those fallacies. I have to give you this in reality to that real, I, while I try to bring you out of that drug-induced coma of co-tendency on your wayward journey into co-dependency, where, you, where your pimp shrink-wraps your mind until you are no more than an emotionless, seamless, seamless zombie self-depreciated by your ignorance in a cocaine-induced flight, then beg to be rescued from your essential strangeness. The next thing you know, you are known as a skimpy, toothless, clothesless, bottomless bitch, used and abused, and you self-internalize it and become what? Nothing but nothing and self-reduced to a point of reason of misdirected and self-disrespected. See, time and space belongs to you, but you use it to be used and abused by it, manipulated by the multiplied intentional backwards eminent data that told you you have no idea what you're doing, don't even know who and what you are. You don't even know who I am, but you put on that fake game face and want me to pay you to do to do me like Patty Loves is searching for that 
that long ago dismissed mine. That fruit of the stars are your just reward. Reality has made you a collapsed rag picker scouting around for the eyes and ends of your truer self while you suck on that glass dick. Still trying to find that one last hit that might take you through that door you have been running from to that one trail that you can't get can't get back to. Reality. Open your eyes and see what you have been enslaved to. But you desire to suck on that glass dick trying to find yourself and wake it up to that same illusion, that content of your black emotional attitude, nothing short of your own murder. You yourself systematically have abandoned from life, abandoned by the betrayal of your own mission of living life, where you have yet to understand the efficient safeguards aided toward a more human life. See, understand me. Self-projection so plain to see, recede into the distance, individually individually paralyzing you in the setback to being self-judged by eternal monologue. Those uh, those functions significantly in double, double, double dumbed-down tendency on the avenues of Mars. This is that experience related to those recursive functions, yet you must take that journey deep back into your black and discover your true self instead of hiding behind the many layers of your self-depreciation, so many layers of self-deception, scared to face your own life mask in a recursive introspection. The self-regulation of self-conscious or presupposed self slowly constructed hypothetically somewhere and somewhat objective. That other, another island to be studied through a parallel relation, discarding the makeup bound in the schemes of definition on the perceptions that you might make it there. It's so distinguishing, come to know something through understanding, but to have it explained, but to get lost in the fog of the definition without the actual point in the question being taken any further, that trip you're afraid to take, that one stroll in your own backyard into that reality of your life, but you better think again. This moment you don't have a chance to get into that mental spaceship on a flight to walk out that walk out to that surface, but you want a dollar. I'm going to give you $5 to clean up your life. You think you know something about life? Tell me. What do you do when you're on your last dollar? Back down, scraping those knees for another pull on that glass penis, but you refuse to take a chance on strolling, strolling and rolling the dice. You're scared you might get lucky. You're still living. I hope you have the time of your life because them drugs don't give a damn about you. Put your life in your own hands or your life will end right here on this cold concrete because, baby, right now you're a toss-up on the avenue tomorrow. That's DSR all damn day. In peace. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the show. That was Full Purpose Pins in the building, representing DSR all day long. All right. Nishan, I did, I, I, did I skip over you by accident? I'm going to let you go. Can you open, open Nishan's mic and let Nishan go? Go, Nishan. All right. Let me do this one last piece before my phone Size, I mean. Okay, got it. <clears throat> Go ahead. Placing roads within mouths, only to have it bloom into rivers that quench carnal thirst. Thunder showers flow, overflowing damned hearts till overbirth. Bold proposals proposing life-causing actions, creating DNA interactions. Rose petals fall upon perspiring lover joined by pores while being watched by another. Visual depths of desire overwhelms the voyeuristic with hedonistic positions. Thorn penetrates flesh, transforming pain to pleasure as flesh ejects life fluid in an ocean of red-white orgasm, encompasses the room, rose now fertile, 
your bud soon to bring forth a new breed, new flowers, new seed that will sit as a new creation out of the sun, forever joining rose and lover as one. Now I plant her within my bedroom so I can always watch her buddings bloom. And that's that piece. Ooh, ooh. Uh, game, bring in West Tennessee. He's back. She tried to keep him happy. With every muscle in her body, she sacrificed, reasoning that if Jesus suffered, so too would she. Enduring his beatings as Christ endured the Romans, she absorbed manly blows, barely holding on to life while living near the edge of the reaper's blade. He said he loved her. He told her he had a demon in him and that he needed her to understand or stand under five-fingered impressions that made her pretty face disappear beneath blood splotches and lesions he inflicted. Her man was quick with apologies, placing blame solely on circumstance. Look what you made me do, was his slogan. He would dangle a new pair of earrings or a fresh coach bag in front of her angry face and like magic, poof, all to be forgotten. As long as he had that paper, she was content with living a lie. It was his prestige. He had so many illusions. He'd leave her confused, and she'd blame herself the next day. One time hit her so hard that her eyes were barely open and her jaw was broken, but she wouldn't leave him. She said she wouldn't leave him. It was a it was a promise she couldn't keep. Couldn't keep crying at night in the morning, afternoon, walking on eggshells and crutches. He pushed and he pushed and pushed until one day. One. Two. Three click. Four click. Five. She counted each one. Six. Seven, eight, taking her time, nine, ten, eleven. She counted a bullet for each year, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen shells in all, one in the chamber. When he bust in, she blew him out of the door that she blew him out of. Something about love that will always baffle me. See, she couldn't leave him. She couldn't live without him. She couldn't live without him. Her eyes wide, relishing every round as she stood above him sobbing. It was the longest she had ever stared him in the face without cringing. Her eyes bloodshot red, face glistening with hand on gun, finger on trigger to temple, slowly Squeeze that last round before dropping to the ground beside him. Destiny cries. Wow. That was Urban Voodoo, ladies and gentlemen. Closing it down. Closing it down. DJ Kane, open up everybody's mic. Open up everybody's mic. Everybody's mic. Lady New York. Lady New York. Okay. Yes. Oh, Lady New York. How did you like the show? It was awesome as always. 
All right, Nation, how did you like the show? I enjoyed the show immensely. No, uh, artists thank you. who uh, featured tonight, you know, uh, I hope to read some of his work while I'm on Facebook. Okay, definitely do that. Definitely do that. Central Colorado, how did you like the show? Excellent. You guys are so talented, and just to see the collab, well, not the well, just to see the melting pot of creativity is just unbelievable. And the backgrounds and experiences that everybody's had, it's amazing how you guys hone into that skill. Thank you. Appreciate you. Florida. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Florida, how do you think about the show? So it's off the chain. Show was phenomenal. Stellar performances. Everybody, and especially Urban Fudo, absolutely amazing artists. Um, I I I don't even like to use that word artist because what you are, you have a message, my dear brother. You have a message, and the only the only name that befits you is. Latter day prophet. You have a mm. message. You have a message, and through obedience, you will seek all, all of, all of them. You won't have to seek them. They will just come to you. The rewards will, will, will follow you and overtake you. Indeed, indeed. Okay, Sun Touch, you in the building? Yes, I, I. I thoroughly enjoyed the show. It was awesome. Um, everybody put in work. Um, Urban Voodoo, a very profound writer. Um, what can I say? I'm, I'm yeah. smiling so big because I really enjoyed the show. Mm, thank you. I appreciate. I appreciate. I'm gonna have to come through. I'm gonna have to come through Wolf House and represent. You know, Wordy Wolf got to come through there and do his thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm coming the next time y'all have a show. I'm coming to bite. I'm coming to bite okay. with something. I'm coming to bite with something that's gonna go go make you gonna fill it in Pasadena when I when I that. get on. <laughs> well, ladies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Urban Voodoo, the last man on the mic. I want to just send out love, peace, and blessings to each and every one of you who came out and supported the brother tonight. I didn't want to say thank you and with a whole lot of love and open arms for everybody who came and supported the DSR platform. I definitely want to say thank you for supporting Full Purpose Pins on every Sunday, every other Sunday night. I really appreciate y'all, and I'm sending out one love, and any of y'all that like to hit me up, do so. There's no problem. I'm always willing to lend a helping hand somewhere. That's what I've been sent back to this universe for. All right. With that being said, one love, peace and blessings, DSR, all damn day. Good night.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 